Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today is March 14th, 2023 and this is for my Facebook virtual coaching group Q&A number 135. Welcome to new members, Laura from Florida and Angela from Alabama and two members that rejoined, Kate in West Virginia and Jen in Florida. So I'm really excited to share a little story with you guys. This group has been such a blessing for me. As many of you know, I was a horse trainer for over 25 years, and um, I rode horses at least six days a week, usually six to eight horses a day. Um, One day a week, I compete on at least three horses, and then one day a week, I had a family day. And um, I lived, breathed it, you know, worked with probably, you know, almost 2,000 horses over the last 20 years and clients and um, between training and lessons and clinics. But three years ago, almost three years ago, in August, I started this virtual coaching group, and that's when my business pivoted to uh, clinics, lessons, and virtual coaching. And I love it, and I plan to do that for the next 20 years of my life, if not longer. And it's always a blessing to do something you love, but I always saw myself as a trainer. I didn't see myself as a full-time coach, but God opened my eyes to that option, and and it's been um, a blessing. So... So I'm very thankful for my group. Um, There's been 250 members that have signed up in two and a half years in 25 states and even one international. Um, So I'm also very excited about our personal best. This month's challenges um, for the skill was to work at mirroring your horse and what you would want from your horse. So I've done some videos in the group of Lisa Lockhart and Levy wanting the American, Sherry Servey and, and um, Stingray's uh, baby, uh, her winning a jackpot setting a new arena record there. Um, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy uh, Smith and her horse uh, at Denver Stock Show. Um, and I, I've been and Barbara Calhoun, a member in our group, and just really pointing out some really awesome um, mirroring of the horses and, and meeting their goals. And for instance, <clears throat> Barbara in less than uh, a year of being in the group has gone from inconsistent, you know, hitting barrels, not knowing how to fix things or become 1D or consistent to now being very, very 1D and consistent and knowing exactly what she did or didn't do out there and what to work on for the next one. And, um, and that's what um, it's all about. You know, I can't promise you you'll never have a bad run again, but I can promise you you'll know why and how to fix it for the next one. And that's the key because that's barrel racing. You're either winning or learning from it. And there's always gonna be failure with success. That's just part of barrel racing, rodeo, and life in general. So, but you can't give up. That's the main thing. You should be happy though. You should be doing what you want to do and and it should bring you joy. So I'm not saying making a change isn't a bad thing either, but but just modify, don't give up. Just, just change something, you know, and. And whatever is true to your heart is what you should do. So, um, and I don't know who needs to hear that today, but I felt the need to say it. So, um, the personal best uh, is the mindset, though, where I was going with this conversation. Um, <clears throat> every week, I would love everyone to have a personal best. We already have 17, and it's only the 14th of the month. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> and what I want is a bunch of small personal bests. It doesn't have to be a massive personal best. You don't have to shave a second off your time. Um, You don't have to move from the 2D to the 1D. All you've got to do is set a goal, a small goal. 
you know, maybe you're going to improve something in your rider cues or your horse's foundation or something on the pattern or something in your basics. Maybe you're just going to connect with your horse better, you know, on a trail ride and um, <clears throat> just set a personal best, any small goal. As I mentioned with my surgery and working with physical therapy nurse, I set a goal every week to get a little bit better so that I'm 100% for April, you know, and, and, um, and that's what I am working on for, for me after this hip surgery. So, so that's what I want everyone to do is set a small goal, a personal best every week. And then um, the skill challenge is to work at mirroring your horse, what you want from your horse, mirror it in your cues. What I mean by that is looking where you want your horse to go, using your voice to communicate with your horse, having your shoulders and hips square and, and riding into the hole, um, using your hands soft and light and guiding, using your legs to get so a bend in the rib cage or up in the hole more to finish a turn better. So use your body to get what you want from your horse. And that is called mirroring your horse. So um, today's topic is going to be part two of training horses. And we'll be getting to that right after the Q&A, which I'm going to start. I had 40 videos come in since um, Saturday and I've done all but maybe eight. And I'll be working on those other eight today. So <clears throat> when I don't have clinics and I don't have lessons on the weekend, I'm able to do at least 10 per day and I, I'm doing pretty good. So I did like 10 Saturday, 10 Sunday and 10 Monday, but that's a half a day of my, my day. Um, you know, at least doing 10 a day, it takes about five to six hours of my day. So, um, so that's why I wake up so early. Why, that's why I start so early. If anybody's wondering why I'm always up before the roosters. That would be why, um, but I love what I do and I love getting you guys your feedback back as soon as I can so you know what to work on during the week for the next weekend. So um, let's see here. Um, I wanted to mention a couple housekeeping things because there's a lot of new members. You can send your videos for review to me on Facebook Messenger and I'll save them to the Coach Now app and send them back to you. Um, or you can send them an email or you can upload them if you're techie enough right into the coach now app it saves me one more step and then i'll just review them right there in the coach now app for you and you can review them there but if you send them to me in the email i'll send them back to you that way if you send them to me in facebook messenger i'll send them back to you that way uh, if i review them in coach now i'll let you just look at them in coach now it just saves me another step and um also, when you send me your videos, let me know if you want them private, which is totally okay. A lot of my 1D riders like theirs private, um, <clears throat> but then, um, or if you know if you have a run you're kind of frustrated with and you don't want others to see it, that's perfectly okay too. Um, you know, I don't want to hurt your confidence by making you share something you don't want to share. So, um, but some people don't mind sharing in the group, and honestly, you should be watching every video I share in the group because you can learn from it. Um, learn from what I point out they did well and learn from what I point out they can improve on and um, I just want you all to enjoy the process really enjoy the journey and just remember it is about winning or learning when you're in competition um, you know it, it's sometimes you have to pivot and make a change like I mentioned earlier and sometimes you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone but you just have to be true to your heart, whatever you do. So that's um, what I have to say about that. You can also search in the box um, in the web in the group if you're looking up mental game or first barrel issues or rate work or uh, anticipation. You can type it in the search box, and everything I've ever talked about for the last two and a half years will pop up. 
And don't forget, you can use the members-only website and everything's organized by topic. Colt starting, basics, rider's cues, how to pattern a horse, uh, drills, dry work, you know, how to add speed, equipment, stirrups, rein length, you name it, it's there, along with a year of challenges and a year of Q&A as well. There's a ton of information for you to spend time learning, and that's how I can keep the prices low because I can coach to an entire group versus one-on-one. The only real one-on-one I do for you guys is the video reviews. Otherwise, I do everything as a group, like the Q&A here. So um, the first question I have is, uh, should I lift my inside rein going into second to keep my horse off the barrel? And um, most horses, in my experience, I'd say 95% of horses, if you lift the inside rein, it causes them to slow down and hit the barrel worse or slow down and start the turn too soon. So knowing who sent me this question, I watched your video and absolutely do not do that because your horse is already opening their mouth and turning too soon. So use your balance rein instead. When you're leaving the first barrel, get your hands um, after you pull up on the horn and drive out for two strides. Um, then get back to two hands, even up your hands, look between your horse's ears, ride to the outside tracks of where you want your horse to go. So that would be maybe four feet to the side of the barrel and four feet past the barrel with your focused eye, or even if you have to look at the fence with your focused eye and then your soft eye, your peripheral vision, will know when you get to the barrel and, um, and keep your hands even, have a little bit of contact on that balance rein, keeping your horse straight, but not in their face you know, keeping your hands low and forward in the six inch box in front of your saddle horn <clears throat> and your shoulders are square, your hips are square and your legs kick across the pin. You might have to kick four times on a true push horse across the pin. And as you get closer to the second barrel, you may have to use more inside leg, but by staying two hands longer and staying square, it will help your horse get their hiney in the hole. And that's what you want. If you pick up that inside rein, you just hold them rate and turn at the same time instead of um that's kind of old school martha josie used to teach that back in the uh, 70s and 80s um and about picking up that inside rein but not very many horses are that light and supple you might have an occasional horse that if you step in your outside stirrup and use your inside hand and leg they should all move away from that when you're doing a walk trot lope in a competition i find that the adrenaline's up uh, the speed is up, and if you do that, um, it will often cause a horse to slow down and turn too soon. Now, if you're really finesse with your hand and you know you can use more leg than hand and do a quick bump <laughs> to shape them because <coughs> they feel like they're flat going in, that's one thing. Or um, Sherry Servey used to be really good at doing a quick outside bump. Um, Barbara Calhoun does it sometimes with Memphis in our group, a quick outside bump with the rain, the outside rain, not the inside to keep the horse balanced so just a hair longer and gets that one more step so but i personally have found horses that truly anticipate and want to turn a barrel really bad outside rain is way better than inside rain again not pulling balanced with even hands or a, a light quick bump um, again every horse is different but that would be my suggestion and definitely for this particular horse um, the next question, I feel like I'm ready to quit and I just cannot ride my horse's style. Um, and I'm sorry you feel that way. That's really a hard place to be. I've been there with Belle. Belle and I came out gangbusters. I bought her at three, started competing at five. She came out her first run 
150 riders in the 2D. I was super excited. She won me many 1D runs. And then all of a sudden, she changed from her novice year to her open years to be in more anticipating, wanting to slice her barrels, especially, you know, going into a barrel like first or whatever. And I had to really learn to change my riding because she was very rollback style, really stiff and sticky at first. Um, <clears throat> so I had to learn to ride up the middle to my arc. I had to learn to do perfect bending, lateral bend circles during the week, keeping promoting flex and fluidity in her, like 10 foot circles around the barrel, riding her hindquarters around the barrel, nose in, shoulder and rib out, hip under, and driving four wheel drive around the barrel so I had to keep her really really fluid during the week because she was so naturally stiff and rollbacky on the competition she was good at it but timing for rollback horses is hard it's so much harder than like briscoe style that's four-wheel drive um, that wraps the barrel you know they won't hit a barrel like a rollback horse will so Belle would bring me to tears until I figured her out and it's weird because we went from winning to not winning to back to doing well again and I had to change everything I had to change from thinking 1d win to 3d clean and take the pressure off us um, and then she would be 2d money and you know it just it took a process and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that my horses you know 15 year careers of my horses there weren't 1d runs Every time you had 3D runs sometimes, you had 2D runs sometimes. Sometimes if you really had an off day, it was in the 4D. It just, that's barrel racing. You're not gonna always be on the best run. It's like a child. They don't always have straight A's. Sometimes they have C's and you just gotta roll with it. But um, as far as that answering your question on quitting, it's 100% your decision. If the horse is taking the confidence away from you or the fun out of competing, um, you know and you don't want to see it through with that particular horse you just want it to be fun again with a different horse understandable you know some horses it's not even the style it's the antics outside of the arena because they're so hot or whatever people get frustrated with that um so it just it does take i just want to say though to be a winning team or to be successful there will be failures and um, it's trying to stay positive and accept that, hey, this is just part of it and part of the growing. And I'm going to learn that maybe God put this horse in my life for a reason. You know, I always joke about Rocky being my hardest one and the last one. And um, because he was something I'd never dealt with before, which was a sick foal that had to be on my lap for two months to be, um, you know, medically treated around the clock. So he thinks he's a dog now instead of a horse. But um, or, or my child, I'm not sure which, but, but, you know, it, you just never know what you're supposed to learn from that. And it, it had, it made me learn, um, new things with him. So that's what I mean. It's a lifetime education and every horse that comes into your path will teach you something. Um, you know, and, and it's just totally 100% your decision, what you think you should do. Um, but that would, that's my opinion, um, on it. You know, um, you have to base the pros and the cons and sometimes writing it on a piece of paper will help you you know is it is it taking my, my fun my confidence um do I feel like I can deal with the failures until we get to the success because I've felt the success we've had the wins <clears throat> they're more you know failure there's more ugly runs than great runs yet but it could change you know and just see if I can stay positive and accept that and go for it or am I ready to move on and Maybe someone who rides a little different might ride him better. Who knows? Um, and then sometimes some horses just don't like being barrel horses, you know? 
and and I don't know it just and then there's other things you may have to look into you know changing changing up some cues or are they healthy do they feel good um, all those things so there's a lot to it it's not just a one answer thing for sure or one sh- one answer fits all uh, the next question what do you mean by separating <coughs> excuse me rate and turn um, that is a big thing like I was talking about with the first one um, the rate is more sitting before a barrel for your horse to collect or slow down turn cue is more when you look to the inside use your shoulder and hip use your inside hand and ask your horse to turn and that's why people get in trouble because they give the rate and the turn cue before the barrel and the rate cue should happen before the barrel the turn cue should happen after your leg is past the barrel and that's what that means i do have a video on that as well next question my horse is calm in practice and exhibition but he's really on the muscle and the real deal is there anything else i can do about that um there's three things that come to mind for that one is they know they know horses are not dumb they are very intuitive to energy they know when it's a practice or exhibition and they know when it's a real deal Um, number two thing you should do is try to treat it like a practice because sometimes your energy changes too when you know it's on the clock versus an exhibition so uh, make sure your your nerves um, your riding you're laid back you may even have to go slower for a while than you want to go to fix that problem um, and then the third thing is just um, really find a way to relieve that tension in your horse when you're waiting with them you can do calm down cues like face flexing left right um, just keep flexing them left and right sometimes walking a circle sometimes making sure when you go to the alleyway you don't create a hot spot you know like walk trot lope go don't fuss with them in the alleyway be ready when they call your name to just walk trot lope go and treat it like an exhibition or a practice night next question my horse won't do slow work or do trail riding oh that makes me really sad i can't tell you over the years how many horses i've met that come in for horse training that couldn't even open or close a gate and i had 500 acres where i used to live and i would go every day out on the cow pasture um and it would take me 15 minutes on some horses just open and close the gate and you have to do that with cattle or they'll get out and i'm not getting off i want this horse to side pass and be patient and let me hook hook a gate you know unhook and hook a gate so um so yes it's very sad and um I believe you need to, to fix that because imagine if you went through life just so stressed out that you couldn't actually relax anywhere you went. You couldn't go to a, a party and relax. You couldn't go to work and relax. You were just banging off the walls and really hyper all the time and people were like, whew, what's with that one? You know, and, and that's how sad I feel for horses that have just been barn babies and, and trained in the arena and speed. It, it's really sad. So if you have to go on a trail ride with a couple other horses or one horse that's a really calm, quiet horse and let them follow that horse and learn that it's okay to be relaxed. Maybe you have to start by ponying them off a relaxed horse on the trail. Maybe go in the arena and don't do any patterns with barrels or poles and just do an empty arena and work on reining horse patterns where you do a big circle a small circle figure eights uh you know lead changes transitions 
loose rein woe, 360s, um, rollbacks, you know, spins, whatever, and slow it all down where it's really slow and precise, bending work, um, or go work cows on them, you know, track some cattle, that's always good. Um, I think it's sad if a horse can't do slow work or trail ride. Also, gait, haul them to a practice night and just gait them. Side pass in the alleyway till they're relaxed. Face flex in the face flex in the alleyway. Haul them to a practice night. Walk the pattern and take them home, and that's it. Let them know that it's okay. It's gonna take a few times, but they can do it. Okay. The next question is: How many is too many speed events to run? Um, let's see here. Okay. So um, this particular person, I know your horse is in shape, um, and I know she's older. She's 15. When I was a kid, I did uh, the um, Gymkhana or speed events, um, and we had five, usually girls' poles, I think flags, arena race, and keyhole were the main ones when I was a kid, and um, and we only did one of each, so that was five in a whole entire long day, so I didn't think it was too much for back then, but you said there's going to be at least eight, you know, like two or three barrel runs, two or three pole runs arena rays, flags, so a total of eight in a whole day. Um, my question would be, I saw the flyer, if it's one, here's what you have to look at. Number one, know your horse. Some horses are not meant to do multiple events. They get hotter than Hades. And if your horse is having hot spots and that gate issues, they can't walk. That's how barrel racers got bad reputations with English people because our horses or even reining people because our horses would come in like high silver on two legs or gate sour, alley sour. So if your horse is a whack job, they might not be ready. You know, if their brain just can't even come in the alleyway calm, they may not be a games horse. You really need a good-minded horse to handle games. So if they're coming in the alleyway calm, if they're fit for the job, that's fine. But even on those eight events, maybe you don't have to go full out for all of them, maybe you could treat one as an exhibition and just do it slower and prettier. Um, you know, if it's a jackpot, then maybe you go with speed. If it's just for points, usually game shows aren't as competitive as jackpots and super shows, so you may not have to push your horse. You could just go for smooth and clean. Um, but again, those are the two things I would watch for if they're getting hot and or if they're getting sore because we have to remember there's only so many gumballs in the gumball machine before everybody breaks down. It's like my hip. It became arthritic, bone on bone with spurs. Same thing happens to horses' ankles and knees and hocks and stifles. Um, they will break down and they will eventually become too sore to do athletic events anymore. So you have to know your horse, work closely with your vet, make sure you have a really good conditioning program, um, diet, all of that. So, so you know, I think you're just going to have to trust your gut on that, but it's a really good question. Um, you know, it's just like you see people at jackpots get mad because someone's running their horse over and over and over in exhibitions or afterwards in timed runs. Um, generally, most barrel horses, you only run them one run. And, you know, the max is, you know, three in a weekend at a super show. And then they usually have two days after off. Um, most of the time, you never exhibition your open horses, just your maturity colts or your novice horses. Um, that's, that's, I'm just telling you what's normal in our industry. So, um, you know, I don't think you can build Rome in a day. So training, I think, should be done slowly over time. 
Um, but as far as competing for points and buckles and things like that, you're just going to have to know your horse. And again, if it's once a month um, and you're riding them four days a week and keeping them in shape, you know, it might be okay. So again, just watch their mind, their me mental, how they're handling it and, um, and their body if they're not getting lame. So next question was about spring grass. Um, and you know, what should I be concerned? So right now is the time of year for a lot of us, especially here in Florida, we're going to have our grass start coming back. So yes, there's a lot of sugar in grass. So you may have to cut back your feed, you know, because you don't need to be giving them grass and feed, or you might have to cut your hay back by a flake, maybe your alfalfa. Um, there are concerns of laminitis or Cushing's um, for older horses. There are even concerns of tying up with, um, you know, barrel horses as well, getting too much spring grass at once. So, so yeah, you may have to change your, your feed. You might want to cut your feed out when this, if they're on grass more, or maybe limit the amount of time they're on grass, or even cut your hay back a little bit. But yeah, you don't want to be giving them tons and tons of high energy food with a bunch of nice spring grass too. So keep that in mind as spring is here. And then the next question here, um, uh, it, it's more of a comment about horses being 1D, 2D, and 3D. And I mentioned that earlier. You know, you're not always going to have straight A's. You're going to have C's too. Um, there's going to be ups and downs. You know, sometimes you, we cause it because we're cautious. You know, like I'm like, oh, I don't know if my horse feels sore today. I'm going to take it easy. Or I don't like this ground. I'm not sure what to think. I'll let them just find their way through it. Or it's a new pin. I don't know what to expect. You know, or we're just not being really assertive. Or maybe our timing and position got off. Um, so, so there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't clock. Or maybe you got yourself really in your head too much and uh, caused some issues for your, your run. Um, so, yeah, those are all things to consider. Um, but like I mentioned, I did some videos of Sherry Servi and, and Lisa and um, Jimmy and the group. You should watch them because those show some really, um, really good riding in there. So let's get into the topic. I have a few minutes left to get into the horse training part two. Ray Hunt once said, and I love reading Ray Hunt and um, Tom Dorrance, Bill Dorrance, uh, Buck Branham. I love reading all those books. And one time I read in Ray Hunt's book, they know when you know, and they know when you don't know. And um, for me, that means they can tell. Horses know if you're paying attention to them. A lot of times people go out there and they're looking at their cell phones while they're grooming their horse or working with their horse. They're not even paying attention to their horse. So horses know when you know, and they know when you don't know. I'm not talking about being a novice person versus an advanced person. Just about being in tune to the horse. Are you paying attention to how the horse is breathing? their ears, their eyes, their, you know, where their head is, their legs, their, just their whole energy. Last week I talked about energy with horses and coming to them calmly and positively. Um, I also talked about how great trainers can hear them whisper. Um, those are all really important things. An example of that is <coughs> horses um, are flight or fight in everything we do. And that can play a huge part in competition. So flight or fight, you know, if they get too worked up, you know, they know the difference between tension and us um, when the event changes from exhibition to the real deal. Um, and it, it's very important that we pay attention to that, you know, because fight or flight can kick in in competition easily. 
Another example would be a horse that may be like Rocky, who was bottle fed and sat in my lap for two months. They, they can be very oral and they like uh, are mouthy and not always biting or nipping, but sometimes he can get a little pushy and we have to pay attention to that. So there's three ways you can handle that. You can either A, ignore it, B, discipline him for it, or C, connect with your horse. And I found ignoring it works sometimes, um, keeping him busy with cues, that works really well. Um, but uh, punishing it would just make it worse. It didn't make it stop. But connection is what he was wanting. But if I came to him with a lot of energy and just rubbed and rubbed and rubbed his face, he would just get more energetic and it just got worse. But if I came to him with very calm energy and just rubbed maybe his ear or his jaw or his neck or his chest, he would calm down with me and not be nippy, not be pushy. But it was all about energy and how I approached him. He was just looking for connection. He would take the connection in whatever way it was, though high energy, negative energy, but I don't want either of those. I want calm energy. So I had to come to him in that aspect. So I just am sharing these things for things you to think about when you're interacting with horses. Um, if you ever watch horses in your herd, you will see sometimes one lays down while the others stand around it. And that's very instinctive of a horse. Um, they need a certain amount of rim sleep, really deep sleep laying down, which they probably need like, what, 30 minutes? I forget how much a day, but but um, they, all, they all need it. But you'll never see like the whole herd laying down at the same time unless they just feel really safe in their environment. But a lot of times you'll see, you know, several lay down and one or two stay on guard. It's just how the herd interacts with each other um, and what makes them feel safe. So those are things that you can watch on your, your farm and see how relaxed your horses are at your house um, or where they go and how, how they feel relaxed with you as well. Um, instincts go really deep with horses and we must keep that in mind at all times when we're training our horses. We have to meet them where they're at. If our horse is acting really scared or spooky when we go somewhere, it's going to be real hard to get anything accomplished. So you may have to spend more time on the ground before you get on. You may have to just sit and, and connect with them where they're at instead of going forward. Um, you know, there's certain things that you may want to address. There are certain things you might want to ignore. And you, there are certain things you want to try to set them up for yes answers. Uh, horses rely 100% on body language. Um, if a horse is scared, they're not going to blink. A more relaxed horse will blink more often. Where a horse's ears are, where they're looking. If they have two ears forward, they're not paying attention to the, you. They're looking at whatever's got their attention, they're, what they're maybe scared of or interested in. I like one ear on me at all times because then I know that they're, where their ears are pointing is basically where they're looking or where their attention is. If a horse is really high-headed, I know they might be stressed about something. A low head is a calmer horse. That's why high hands get high heads, low hands get low heads. If a horse is pawing or wringing their tail or chewing on the bit um, versus a horse that's got a relaxed leg or licking and chewing, um, exhaling, you know, those are all things to pay attention to. Um, does your energy allow your horse to relax around you on the ground or in the saddle? Ask yourself that. Um, here's an example. When you go to get on your horse and they move, what do you do? A, ignore it and just get on anyways while they're moving. B, you could disengage your hindquarters several times and wait until they stand and then get on. 
Or C, you could face flex left and right and get them paying attention to you and relax before you ever step on and they don't move off at all. Um, Another thing is um, when we ride, are we stressed? Um, When you ride them, are they stressed? Are they disrespectful? Are they in pain? Are they a lack of knowledge or education? Those are all things you have to consider. Um, If they're scared or they're shut down, you really need to use the approach and retreat method. Um, Approaching them, but backing off before you think they're going to uh, walk away or disconnect with you um, until they're ready. So approach and retreat is a great way to help a shutdown horse or a scared horse. Um, horse training is a lifetime education and you're going to always be growing with it. All disciplines start in the same place. I don't care if it's raining, dressage, jumping, barrel racing, cutting, it, they all start with fundamentals and your horse connection. They all need and require a positive attitude and you have to enjoy the training process. It's all a, a must if you want to be successful. Um, it's also important to remember about your focused eye and your peripheral vision, a soft eye. And the reason why is often in lessons, I'll have people come work a circle and they can't even do a perfect circle because they're looking down the horse's neck at the cones or the barrel instead of looking between the horse's ears and looking out and at the circle. So I'll tell them, look out at the trees, look at the barn, look at the road, look at the house. And then all of a sudden they're sitting up, they're looking up and the horse has this big, beautiful circle where, where before they were looking down and leaning and and um, it just wasn't pretty at all. So it really makes a difference where your um, focused eye is, where your soft eye is, and um, pay attention to that. If you cannot lope a perfect circle at a walk, trot, lope, and all different sizes and speeds, you're gonna have a hard time being consistent running barrels. Um, The other thing to think about when it comes to horses is they live in the moment. They don't necessarily hang on to the past, They may have some past memories that they held on to, maybe how they were, you know, started under saddle or something that maybe experience-wise, but um, they're not like us where we get depressed about our past or we are anxious about our future. They more live in the moment. That's where we need to try to meet them and try to be positive and thankful and peaceful in that moment. So so what I would suggest is think about where you want to be where you want to be in the future, where you are right now, and and how you would make that happen and have that energy be positive to have that outcome. So there's a couple ways you can train a horse um, with obedience training or listening and matching them. Um, Obedience training, you know, that's kind of like the Clinton Anderson lunging for respect, left, right, forward, back, you know, always giving them a cue and they're respectful to the cue. But listening and matching is slightly different of that. It's more like um, when I go to catch a horse in a pasture, if I come straight at them, staring at them, they're probably gonna walk away or run away from me, especially if they're a more sensitive, high energy horse. But if I come into the pasture to catch them and I are, I'm looking at the other horses and taking my time and you know greeting the other horses, even though I got a halter hanging on my hand, on my arm, and I'm just kind of hanging in the pasture, kind of mirroring each horse, stopping, saying hello, walking on. I can eventually walk right up and catch that horse versus had I walked straight at him, staring at him with high energy and a halter, they would have probably bolted. 
So keep that in mind as well. Um, this is why I'm always talking about visualizing a positive ride or a positive run because it changes your energy. Um, you replace a negative with a positive. So anytime you're waiting to make a run or you're getting ready to work with your horse and a negative pops into your head, you must replace it with a positive. So here's a really good example and I need you to really pay attention to this. When I tell you to ride in the hole, if I say you need to ride in the hole, it's gonna make you ride rigid and stressful. But if I tell you you need to ride in the hole, but I want you to focus on the cues that are needed to ride in the hole, like relaxed breathing, um, even hands, looking deep where you wanna go, uh, filling the cues that are needed, driving with your legs, a soft body sitting up, but you know, driving focus into the hole, you're gonna be more uh, relaxed, not rigid or not stressed because you're not thinking, get in the hole, get in the hole. You're thinking about the cues. My eyes are looking in the hole. My hands are even, my shoulders and hips are even, my legs are driving, my voice is smooching. So when you think about the cues, you're gonna be more relaxed than thinking, I need to drive this horse past the barrel. So keep those things in mind in your next ride or run. And also pay attention to self-talk. I know this is about horse training, but if you judge yourself harshly, that's gonna flow into your training. So um, the same is with a horse. If you go to them with an agenda, it may really backfire on you. But if you go out there and greet them and say, hey, how are you today? You know, and rub on them and groom on them. And then when you start interacting with them, start with the basics. I always, always start with face flexing. Um, know uh, disengage then I go on uh, disengage the hindquarters if I need to but mostly I start with face flex left right down then I walk straight lines and add some face flexing and then I do some leg laterals and some transitions post trot sit jog and you know I always start with the simple stuff because it's my way of just connecting with my horse bonding at first hello how are you pet them love on them you know give them a cookie rub their belly make it a pleasant start not go out there with an agenda you know we have a barrel race this weekend we need to be a 16 flat boom you know <laughs> that kind of thing so so go out there and, and just meet them where they're at start always with your dry work and then have a plan that maybe today I'll work on a drill that works on my hindquarters more or whatever but it is important very really important um, that you journal your process because journaling is gonna improve you. Have a barrel racing log, write down what's working, what's not working, and refer to it before your next ride, refer to it before your next run. If you wanna get better, you have to remember you guys, I'm doing 40 videos a week. Over 100 barrel racers are in this group. I cannot remember the detail of everybody, so I go to the Coach Now group, I scroll back at my notes before I review your runs, and I remember what horse you're on, what we are working on. If I didn't have those notes, my brain, I'm a blonde. It, I, I live with a notebook and a calendar. I would never remember any of that stuff. So I have to have it just to be a good coach. You need to have it to be a good barrel racer and competitor. So, so make your notes. Um, the other thing I wanna say, um, you know, keep, both, keep all those things in your mind for your next ride or run that you, you know, are working on. 
That's why you want to write it down. And I don't care if you're 1D or 5D. I just want to help you be your personal best. Um, I don't care if you're in it for the horsemanship or to be a world champion barrel racer. Again, I just want to help you be your personal best. So um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a part of my members only group, I think you should join. It'll be the best $15 you ever spent. Um, If you are a member of my my, um, group and Team TLC, I want to thank you for letting me be a part of your journey. And um, also thank you for referring your friends or sharing about um, my group or my clinics or my lessons on Facebook. I really appreciate that too. So remember to enjoy the process, you guys. We're either winning or we're learning. Keep having fun. Keep trusting your training and give the rest to God. So um, I'm going to go ahead and close there and... um, And just say, keep it positive and ride with heart and God bless y'all.